liberty lockdown please scan your barcode your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold where did it come from and where did it go it requires a fight not tweeting from your phone don't need a king get him off the fucking throne if you're riding with the thought you've always got a home the virus is scared of will come and it'll go the government knows this don't get treated like a hoe Welcome, everybody, to a special episode of Liberty Lockdown. Today, I have on Harrison Smith, host of American Journal on InfoWars. Thank you for coming on, man. Thank you very much for having me. Very excited to uh, talk about all the craziness going on. Oh, my God. It, I, like, I think that's the one thing that, that blows my mind is that every single week for the past two years, I've been like, it can't get crazier. And it does. It's, it's exhausting. It's utter. I'm, it's Saturday. It's supposed to be my day off, but uh, revolutions popping off around the world. I'm just I'm just glued to my phone, watching all of the drama unfold. I mean, it's a beautiful thing. I'm not complaining. It's it's wonderful to see all these uprisings taking place. But uh, I'd love to have a weekend every everyone's. I don't think that's too selfish of me. To <laughs> <laughs> Can the revolution wait until Monday, please? Yeah, seriously. Uh, no, you're right. I mean, it's it's kind of exhausting. But I got to say. All of the past two years have been exhausting. This past week has been exhilarating, uplifting, motivational, inspirational, just incredible. Uh, do you feel the same way? Oh, absolutely. I, I mean, the, the truck convoy, like you never know where it's going to come from. You know, you never know where the ring of power lies. And it just happens to be, you know, in the last place you'd expect it, which is truckers in Canada, like who would have thought this would be the protest that would bring the globalists to their knees? Because it, it honestly looks like it is. Like, I don't know how this ends, but uh, something's going to break one way or the other. So it's, it is extremely exhilarating, terrifying, yeah. confusing, but also like, yeah, uh, makes me proud, man. Proud of the, of the fine people of Canada and everybody else around the world. It's amazing. Me too, man. I, I, I've been lamenting the fact that uh, we got out American by a bunch of Canadians, but hey, wait, I'll, I'll take any reinforcements I can get. Apparently, the American people were not ready for to stand up for this, but uh, it looks like the the Canadians of all people, who I I got to be honest, I did not hold in the highest regard in, when it came to the fight for liberty, and and apparently they have it in them in spades. And they, this just kind of goes to show, in my opinion. The suppression of the silent majority that exists across the planet. I really think that there are far, far more people that see the world the way we do uh, that just simply don't know that they have the numbers on their side because the the political left, if you will, uh, the the totalitarian fascistic folks out there just they control the the avenues of information, which is why Infowars is such an important outlet it's it's really it's incredible it's incredible that there's there's these these hotbeds of a of a real willingness to stand up for our rights and our freedoms on a global scale and it's popping up in places like france and canada of all places it's it's wild yeah and i wonder if it's just a testament to like that the globalists have just pushed too far like they've just pushed too far and too fast and too hard with no respect for the people that they're trying to subjugate and it's finally just having the the inevitable backlash but i will say 
in defense of Americans, can, cannot let that pass. I will say we have not been under the same restrictions that Canada has been under. True. So, you know, we haven't had to stand up. I, I just I would hope that we would have the gumption and the, the tenacity to stand up against this. But, yeah, I, who would have thought Canada? You know, I guess they still have that, uh, you know, ember of liberty burning smoldering down there underneath all of the globalism. But, you know, it's like at a certain point, it's just regular people going, OK, enough, enough. I'm, yeah. I'm, we've played your game. We've tried to comply. We've tried to do what you said. And it's enough. And you know what? If this is their awakening, because this is the thing is like it's got to start with this, but like it can't end with this. It can't be just like all of the tyrants that have destroyed our lives for two years and masked our children and injected us with what they've injected us with just and then they go, oh, okay, so none of that worked. We destroyed your lives. Sorry, you can go back to normal now. And we all go, wow, thank you for letting us out of the prison you erected around it. Like that can't be the solution. We have to, you have to push through and go, okay, everybody, do you see what they're doing to us? Do you see the way that they manipulate science, the way they manipulate healthcare in order to enslave you? They've been doing this for decades and this isn't a new thing. It's just, you know, uh, unavoidable now, you know, you can't ignore it anymore. So I really hope that people, you know, take this awakening and really, you know, uh, internalize it and really understand like that this is not a one-off outgrowth of tyranny that can be defeated and then ignored for the rest of the time. This is just the inevitable outcome of all of the groundwork we've been seed, you know, we've seen being laid over the past several decades. I, I really hope that this is the, the beginning of something great. Uh, I agree. And, and I think that, you know, we have taken so many punches over the past, I mean, honestly, a hundred years, but, but particularly over the past two years that it's like, all right, this is our opportunity to punch back. And I mean that in a peaceful fashion, fortunately, that it, it has not come to violence so far. Uh, but when you have your opportunity, when your opponent's on the ropes, you got to take, you got to take some of that punishment uh, that you've been receiving and put it back on them. And, and I think that this is the opportunity with the trucker strike is that, you know, they have all of the power. I mean, the, sure, Trudeau's got the military. He could nuke the people. He could do whatever he wants if he wanted to be really crazy about it. But the reality is that only collapses his regime. That collapses civilization in that nation overall. And you would actually end up in a violent revolution if you were to do anything too crazy, too dictator-like. So I, as far as I can tell... It's if these people hold the line, they're unbeatable. I mean, they control the movement of all goods across that country. Truckers, I think, discovered, I think we all discovered, I'm sure some of the truckers already knew it, but speaking for myself, I discovered these people hold an, an immense amount of power. They can do basically whatever they want. And, and I'm thinking to myself, like, hey, can we get them around the Federal Reserve? Like, <laughs> Yeah. 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 Hey, can we, can, I got a, a couple other things on the checklist as soon as we, uh, yeah, mark off the mandate. I mean, I don't want to take full credit for this now. I, you know, I don't want to take full credit for what's going on now. Uh, but at the beginning of our show, American Journal, we started doing the trucker call in show for this exact reason. You know, truck, so many of our callers were truckers already. And they all sort of had this in the back of their own mind. They all went, look, all of the truckers I know understand what's going on. They all listen to InfoWars all day. They all listen to podcasts all day. Like, they get it. We are the lifeblood of the entire nation. We're all awake, and most of us are conservative. We're all small business owners. Like, we get it. And so, you know, we started doing the Trucker Call-In Show basically to try to get this idea out there and go, 
truckers are a huge and important force. And of course, you know this, if you have researched the CIA and disruptive activities that we've done in South American countries, they, you know, the CIA would infiltrate trucker unions and shut down, I think like, uh, I'm blanking on, I think it was Colombia, but they've done this in the past in like the eighties and stuff. They use truckers uh, nefariously. Okay. Now we're using it positively. And like, kudos to the to the truckers in Canada. Like they've done everything exactly right. And that's why this is working, right? They haven't been violent. They haven't gone off message. They haven't allowed themselves to be infiltrated and turn the protest towards a bunch of other stuff in the way that like uh, Occupy Wall Street was, right? That got infiltrated and turned into a bunch of identity politics and it all fell apart. Like the truckers have a single demand. They have an effective protest that actually causes pain, you know, uh, metaphorical pain to the right. establishment, right? Financial pain. Uh, you know, they've got the equipment to do it. They've been peaceful. They have been like the the goodness of the protest has been so overwhelming. That doesn't matter what they throw at it. It's obvious that this is a peaceful, positive protest for basic human rights. And so, so for once, and this is maybe what's so exhilarating about it. And I'm sure you're the same way. I'm always picturing like George Soros on his yacht sipping some, you know, glass of wine that costs more than my house and just sort of smiling at the fact that we're all tearing our hair out, trying desperately just to maintain, you know, some semblance of liberty under just his to afford our groceries. Yeah, exactly. And so now I feel for the first time, it's kind of like he like sets the wine glass down and it's just like, huh, okay, I'm not in total control right now. We've called him racist. We've called him hateful. We flew the Nazi flag and did a big to do about that. And they're not giving up and they're not backing down. So now I think those in power are the ones scrambling. The globalists are the ones who don't really know how to how to deal with what's happening right now. And that reversal is is truly a, a glorious achievement in and of itself. Yeah, it's it's really earth shattering. And it's it's kind of it's it's there's an irony there, too, because these people have couched all of their ideology, in the workers of the world uniting mm -hmm. and what may bring them down is the workers of the world uniting. I mean, that is, there is a beautiful irony there that, that is not missed on me. And I hope people are paying attention because all of these people that that represent, uh, you know, workers unions, all these politicians that claim to represent workers unions and things like that, Biden, the Democrats, uh, Trudeau, you know, all these guys, they run on the backs of union money, union dues, union support, union endorsements. And then when it comes to actual workers unifying to stand up for their own rights, these people call in the police and the military to suppress them. I mean, I don't know how the DNC recovers from this politically. And granted, I don't really want to make this totally partisan. I, I, like, I don't think that the Republicans are necessarily the solution either as a libertarian. However, yeah. The DNC is toast for a decade, as far as I can tell. Like that, what they are doing to people that they claim to represent, the claim to stand for, just how do you how do you come back from this? You know, I I've, uh, there are times where my faith of the American people and and really the North American people, I guess, we're including Canada on this. Like, sure. I'd never quite know. Um, you know, I I want to think like, man, if the American people could just have their way, we could straighten this out. Uh, but then. Basically, I, I hope people once again just sort of internalize what's going on here, because what, what you're pointing out is is sort of a cliche at this point, because I say it all the time, too. Right. That's just like the, the hypocrisy. And when you compare right. the way they're treating this to the way they treated uh, the riots in 2020 and then how separate these two things are. Right. Or 
forget 2020, which mostly happened in America. What about the church burnings in Canada, where the Canadian government was literally funding the scientific research that was justifying and encouraging and, and creating the protest where they were burning down churches and tearing down statues? So the Canadian government literally funded that. Right. <laughs> so right. like but it's not a, it's not. You know, it's not just a cliche. It's a cliche because it is so important and true and needs to be emphasized just how baseless all of these people's claims to moral superiority are. They are completely false. They are completely power hungry. That's the only thing they care about. And it, I hope that people can really wake up and see this. And the reason I sort of hesitate into like truly thinking this is what's going to happen is because I always see things posted on Twitter where it's a guy like, He's like, I've been in California for two years and some guy yelled at my wife about not wearing a mask, even though it's not mandated. I, and for the first time in my life, I'm considering voting Republican. It's like <laughs> the first for, time <laughs> for the first time. So after two, you've you've suffered under two years of abuse, you've put up with this for, for two years and now you're just considering voting for Republican. I know what happens is like then all of his neighbors go, we're worried about you. We're concerned you're voting. Are you racist? And he's like, I'm not racist. I'll keep voting Democrat. Right. So it's like. What is going to get through to these people? Like when you've right. destroyed their lives, when you have enslaved their children, when you have destroyed their mental health, and they're still like, yeah, but, you know, Republicans are bad because CNN told me, so I'm going to keep voting Democrat. It's like that's what makes me go, gosh, I hope people really, like, understand that what we're seeing is not not just a one-off. It's not just a, like, well, they're, they're doing their best, but they can't. No, no, this is a systemic issue at the very foundation of all of our problems, this this hypocrisy, or at least the, this mindset that's highlighted by this open hypocrisy. For sure. And and I don't want to say that, like, I, I have voted for Republicans in the past uh, uh, very, very infrequently, to be honest, because, you know, when I was young, the Republican Party represented the neocon movement and I was very <laughs> anti-war. Now the Republicans tend to represent my beliefs in a in a fairly good way. You know, like I, I, I think that that is ultimately probably the future if I am to vote, which I don't know if I will or not. Um, but it's just that the Democrats, my God, like it, anything that they claim to represent that I thought was at least decent is just it's gone, completely yeah. annihilated, gone, never to be found again. I just don't know how anyone who's paying attention even a little bit can can continue to believe in these people we got a, a supporter here let me read it real quick lord maury says uh hey man i appreciate the coverage no one could have predicted that canada would be the one leading the charge for individual liberty and australia would be building concentration camps no shit uh yeah, yeah it's i mean this this kind of goes to show the uh the two worlds that we're building into it's like you have these canada of all places which is it looks like it could be building into the first like the 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 first real fight against this kind of uh, technocratic totalitarian state, mm. because just so people know, I, I had a, a live stream with a trucker who uh, is a block leader for one of the many streets that they've shut down in Ottawa. And, and let me tell you, if you listen to this interview, this guy is so brilliant. He, like he's, I'm sure he's a listener of yours. He starts talking about uh, social credit scores and ESG and all this shit. And you're like, holy shit, these guys actually know what's really going down. And then on the flip side, I had so much respect for Australians because every Australian I've ever met has been like a street fighting, drunk party animal. And I'm like, there's no way these people could ever be uh, you know, ruled over with an iron fist. And sure enough, it looks like they're deep down the path to just something I never want to experience. So it's weird, man. It 
do you think that there's any is there any like tie that binds that that leads you know Australia to accept their fate whereas the Canadians kind of come out of the blue and and stand up for themselves I, I'm I'm mystified because Australia has been mm. as oppressed as as Canada for sure oh so, much more yeah more so I think well yeah. see I, I was different I I I knew about uh Australia, Australia, because mm -hmm. they, there were always little hints at things. I mean, they gave up all of their guns. Like uh, Australia was a nice little like testing ground for the new world order. It was nice and contained and controlled. And it was, a you know, a Western uh, prosperous society, but they're different. Right. And so for years and years, they would do things in Australia that was like they're they're doing the testing ground here. You know, they're rolling out things that they aren't rolling out everywhere else and kind of seeing how the Australian population can be you know, wooed into this, it's just things like, you know, digital ID and that sort of stuff uh, getting rid of the, the gun balance, yeah. before. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, I wasn't that surprised when, I was, when that happened to Australia, because I'd sort of been seeing the, the build up to that. But again, you're right that it doesn't, it totally clashes with the character of Australians that I know, but yeah. you know, it's, it's the system that they're in is very highly controlled and has been for a while. And it's very technocratic and, so I wasn't so surprised at that, but I think, you know, what you're pointing out and, I, and what I hope, again, people are realizing is that there is no difference between what's going on here, what's going on in Canada and what's going on in France right now, where they are really being brutal and cracking down on the protesters in vicious ways. This is one singular conflict. I mean, these are different battlefields in the same war here. So I, I, I hope that that's what's really coming to light is that this is a singular war of the people of earth versus the power structure that now sits astride them, right? That now sits over them, ruling over them. And it's the same forces that are pulling the strings in France in Australia and Canada. Uh, and it's the same grassroots force that's rising up against these forces uh, across the world as well. So it's like, you know, it's not even that these are, these are different things. I'm thinking of the, I don't know if you ever watched Sopranos, but one of the last, episodes of Sopranos, there's a, a metaphor about how two different tornadoes are actually part of one singular storm system. And that's kind of what I what I see here. It's one it's one massive conflict that's taking place. We're just seeing you know evidence of it in different places in, in different ways. So I hope yeah. that it's truly a worldwide awakening. And like we can because because that's the thing. That is what the globalists understand. They understand that this little these these couple thousand truckers in Canada are a threat to a system that is worldwide, has more power than you can possibly imagine, and has been painstakingly built over the course of about 100 years. And it's all about to collapse. It's all about to go down. And so, like, they must be freaking out. They must be really, uh, really wondering what to do. I mean, they're, they're in kind of a Chinese finger trap, man. If they push too hard, it all collapses. If they don't push hard enough, it all collapses. And you, you know these people are extremists. You know they will stop at nothing to carry out their plans. So I'm I'm worried as to what extremities they'll go to. Yeah, me too. Well, the way you're describing it, it's kind of like it's a it's a global phenomenon, a la climate change. But the real global warming was the revolution, <laughs> right? <laughs> and it's popping up in different uh, little spots, just like the weather uh, system might might have it play out. It's it's fascinating. I, I think that there is one correlation that I, I i have to bring up and i feel like i would be remiss if i didn't is that the fact that australia their system is so much closer to the ccp and it's also closer in proximity to china and it kind of makes you feel like is that connection real you know am i imagining that or is that why 
their system, not the people, but the system mm -hmm. itself is so much harsher and so much more seemingly seemingly totalitarian without much pushback from the people. What do you think? Is it is it part of um, kind of the ESG mechanism that's happening with their trade partnership with China and having so much of their goods come from there and, and them sending goods back to China? Or what do you think? I mean, that is certainly a part of it. I mean, you can see the way that China will literally exert influence on Australia and get them to change laws or get them to, right. I mean, I don't know if um, the blue, ad, blue, there's some sort of blue additive. I can never remember the name of it. There's a blue additive that is required for diesel engines to run uh, that mm. Australia depends on and China completely controls the flow of and just cut them off at one point. Like uh, China exerts extreme, extreme pressure over Australia. But I'd say it's different because you sort of have the two different dystopias, right? You've got China is the Orwell dystopia, where if you try to stand up against them, they disappear you, they they give you a nice little talking to, and then you come out and apologize for how wrong you were before, right? Like very brutal, very direct, very overt, where Australia is the new, is the, um, Brave, brave, new new, brave new world where yeah. it's it's all pleasure and it's all acceptance and it's all uh, sort of uh, basic uh, surface level freedoms when really your your deep human right freedoms are being trickled away and, and grabbed away from you. So, uh, you know, I think it has more almost to do with just the historical uh, course that Australia has taken its closeness to uh, England and the royal family and that sort of concept. But I mean, China's influence in Canada is probably just as big as China's influence in uh, Australia. They're not as close geographically, but in terms of like Chinese trade, yeah, people, yeah, trade and ownership of land. And I mean, you had Chinese soldiers training on Canadian land uh, last year, I think, or the year before. So I, I, I don't think that's something you can underestimate the influence of China on both of these countries. You know, no, that's that's a good point, and I wasn't really given that enough credence. I think. What what do you think is happening with uh, with Ukraine? Is this a bunch of bluster, nonsense, and and a power play to just basically fund the the campaign donors and the military industrial complex, or are we we seriously in jeopardy? Oh, I don't think we're seriously in jeopardy at all. I, I think uh, it's sorry. It, I meant I meant in jeopardy of actually going to war. Actually going to war. Um, yeah. You know, we could be, but, but it's one of the most baffling things I've ever seen personally like like what exactly is going on there and who exactly is benefiting from it and who is pulling the strings like it's so convoluted ukraine is one of the, the most confusing places on earth when it comes to politics and, and just recent past but going all the way back to you know world war ii i mean ukraine is constantly going back all the way to kievan rus and the mongolian invasion i mean it's a complicated and uh and bizarre and and corrupt place, honestly, from the fall of the Soviet Union, it went directly into the hands of the oligarchs. I mean, it's all it's all very confusing, and there's a lot of manipulation going on there. I honestly think it has a lot to do with again that that global power structure that Joe Biden's a part of, uh, that George Soros is a part of, it has a lot of stake in Ukraine. I think they have a lot of a lot of uh, you know pies cooking in Ukraine that they want <laughs> that they don't want. To, to lose, you know, control of, I mean, you know, Ukraine, what is Ukraine to most people? It's a small country, however many thousands of miles away, like nobody, no American citizens actually care about this yet. It was the basis for the first Trump uh, impeachment, right? The, the, which 
was really based on Trump's investigation of what the Obama administration was doing in Ukraine. Maidan uh, in 2014, the confusion there where you had snipers on a roof to this day, nobody is sure who fired the shots on, on Maidan. And yet most of that was manipulated. You have former Nazis teaming up with uh, like progressive anti-fascists now uh, against Russia who were communists, but are now fighting against the, it's like, it's, it's so insane and, and nonsensical, but at the end of the day, it's like uh, Putin is either the greatest like chess grandmaster you've ever seen, or Joe Biden is a incompetent fool. And I think I know where my money is going on that, on that division, because yeah. from my point of view, it's like, what, where is the winning situation for us? Putin doesn't, if Putin doesn't invade, what Joe Biden's going to say, I scared him away and be able to beat his chest. Like maybe, but are you really going to risk like world war three for like a slight bump in polls? Potentially, maybe if the media can manipulate people enough, but it's like, if Putin doesn't invade, then all of this hysteria makes Joe Biden look like a total idiot. And we've spent tons of money and whatever, and nothing happened. But if he does invade, he's going to just take over Ukraine and there's nothing we can do about it. So like we're just we're in a pure lose-lose situation entirely of our own making. That's my read on the on Ukraine. I think it has everything to do with the corruption in the highest uh, rungs of our politics from Joe Biden and his son to Nancy Pelosi and her son and everybody in between who are all getting rich off the uh, you know the, the juicy corrupt Ukraine pie. Yeah, well, and and also the the Trump investigation, I think, had a lot to do with the fact and the fact that they tried to pin his connections with the Russians uh, on how he became president had a lot to do with the fact that so much of the current establishment had backroom deals with Ukraine, China, and probably the Russians too. It's like everything that they accused. I mean, this is what James Lindsay calls the Iron Law of woke projection where everything that they're doing, they accuse, before they can get accused of it, they accuse the other their opponents of it. And, and to me, it just seems so evident that like Biden and, and his entire family seems to be owned by both the Chinese and the Ukrainians and uh, the political establishment, not the people, obviously. And, and I just, I don't understand how this isn't a bigger story. Why, if, if I am to have faith in the GOP, why in God's name are they not, holding investigations is it simply that they don't have the majority in the house so they can't get investigations to be um you know started what is it do you know well you know when you were talking earlier about you know y'all vote for republicans but you know you're not a republican you're not a democrat like I, i'm sort of the same way obviously when george w bush was in charge of the republicans i was very anti-republican in that point i just hate war right like i really hate war and most americans really hate war and i've really come to the conclusion that like the entire purpose of the two party system at this point is to prevent the rise of a third party that doesn't like war. Right. Because when you have both parties adhering resolutely, never deviating for a single moment on one topic that they're at complete odds with the rest of the American people, there's something going on there. Right. Yeah. Uh, and I, I think the idea that a third party could rise who even if their only platform was like, yeah, unlike through GOP and the Democrats, we don't like war. That would be hugely successful alone. And they're scared of losing that power, therefore losing the ability to prosecute the wars they want to prosecute. So, mm -hmm. you know, I was thinking when you were saying like, you know, you don't like Republicans. So, I mean, to me, it's like two buffet lines. And on one side, you've got the Republican buffet and most of it is shit. 
you've got different types of shit. You've got the pig shit and the cow shit and, the, you know, all <laughs> with the scoopers there. But occasionally there's like there's like a, a little scoop. You know, there's one there's one tray left with a little bit of like non-contaminated mac and cheese there. You can at least like get a little sample of something that you like from the Republic. And that macaroni and cheese is named Thomas Massey. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You've got Thomas Massey, Rand Paul, and then a bunch of people waiting in the wings. I, I really like people like Joe Kent and I mean, Anthony Sabatini. He's a state senator from Florida. Like, there's a lot of people really ready to, to do away with the old guard, which I'm very excited about. But then on the other side is the, the Democrat buffet line, which is just a giant pile of burning <laughs> shit with like an armed guard ready to shoot you for getting too close. Like they're awful. They represent nothing. They offer nothing. And it's sad that these are the two choices that we have now. No but kidding. At least there's the, the massy Mac and cheese there on the Republican side <laughs> that you can cling to and try to make a meal out of. So, well, so yeah, I mean, it's the Republicans are, are uh, hopeless at this point. I've been incredibly disappointed in them for the last five years. I, I thought maybe Trump told us, Trump said he would teach the Republicans how to win. He underestimated how obstinate and stupid the Republicans are. I think it's been very disappointing. Well, that that's kind of how I feel about the LP. I'm Libertarian Party member and um, it, very similar issues. It's like I I see all of the opportunities that ex, that exist to make them a real viable third party. And it's just the the bureaucracy, the the embedded establishment that exists there it's the same way i feel about the gop it's like uh, the only difference is is that the lp is so small and toothless that i can actually probably take that over <laughs> along with dave smith and we can actually make some uh, some things happen but it's ultimately it's you know if you're going to take over something you probably want to take over the gop because it already has the entrenched political power but it's so entrenched i don't think you can take it over so you end up <laughs> with yeah. this, this middle ground where you don't know what to do but i don't know if you're familiar with him but dave smith was on rogan again i think it's his seventh or eighth time that he's been on there and it looks like he's probably going to run uh on the presidential ticket for the lp have you ever had him on on your show on infowars i don't know if you have or not uh, I have not, but I do like him a lot. Everything I've seen from him, I, I really tend to agree with. And, you know, I still I still consider myself a libertarian. I still call myself a libertarian because to me, just on a strictly by definition basis, liberty is my highest goal. And how we reach that, we might differ. But like that is the point to me is how do we get to the most amount of liberty? And I'm frustrated by a lot of the libertarian tactics that, that I think we're still kind of dragging along, which is the the freedom of corporations which i think at this point is actively working against our liberty so to me it's like it's yeah. not saying like you know i want more government because i hate the corporations it's just like look the threats from our liberty are coming from all angles and we have to be able to address them from all angles and if you have to and the whole point of congregating a government in the first place is to protect the people from forces that individuals cannot hope to combat right i can't mm -hmm. hope to change the the you know, I can't stop Amazon from offshoring manufacturing to China. The government needs to be powerful enough to stop that from happening, to work it, with the will of the people. But at the same time, my God, I read what, what book was I? It was the Anthony, the real Anthony Fauci by um, uh, RFK Jr. Yep. And like you read that book and you just go, OK, any any lingering hopes I had for reform are dashed. They're gone. The rot is so deep at this point. It's like 
if you if you stop and go, well, if the government just had the right people in charge, then you flip through this book, you go, nope, 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 doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You, yep. It doesn't <laughs> matter. They're evil. They're all, they're all in it together. They need to be torn down and thrown away. Like that book will make you anarchist. Forget being libertarian. That book will make you want to just go live in the woods, man, because of how deep seated the rot is. So, yeah, no, I feel you, man. It, uh, if it makes you feel any better. Dave Smith is an ANCAP. He's an anarcho-capitalist, and and as am I. And you probably are, too, at, at the end of the day, when you get done reading about how deep-seated the corruption is. It's like, I, but I'm a, I'm a huge fan of capitalism, but I'm also one of the red-pilled libertarians that is not going to stand up here and defend corporations that are basically so deeply in bed with the government that there's n- no meaningful distinction. And I think that that's been a huge problem with the libertarian movement over the past two years is that there's been this divide where they say well it's a private business doing this stuff it's like you have the president of the united states up there compelling them with the power of the biggest government in the history of the world to do his bidding and you're going to tell me that that's a private business's decision like Mm -hmm. that is just so detached from reality and so outside of any sort of libertarian analysis that I can wrap my mind around, it really frustrated me. It, it made me get so pissed that I was on the verge of just giving up. I was like, I can't believe this. This is, this should be so easy. If you are a libertarian, you have to oppose big business that is doing the bidding of a totalitarian government. Like That's what this has been, clear as day. And then you also have a liability shield for forced medical intervention and we're going to talk about whether or not a private business has the right to mandate that go in someone's body like the answer is obviously no they don't and you have to abolish the entire system that allows for anything like that to transpire that doesn't make me anti-capitalist that makes me pro-capitalist i want the business to be free to make its own decision without coercion yeah i think that's been the the biggest thing that people miss is the, the coercive nature of all of this over the past two years well, that's why I, I always refer to the Great Reset as the great cooperation or, you know, the, the great uh, co- um, consolidation. Right. Because essentially that's what the great the Great Reset is saying, that we're going to abolish national governments and impose a worldwide supranational government of corporations. So the, the Great Reset is about, you know, these lines that were blurred before being completely eradicated. I mean, they're talking about giving Amazon a seat at the U.N. Like, right. It's, it's insane. It's crazy. It's absolutely wild. Wait, did they talk about that. I, that's the headline I've seen. I don't know how how official it is, but uh, but but is it that surprising? I mean, what, what was the um, TPP right? The gold standard of of trade deals. The whole point of that was to establish a corporate court that would override the decision of national courts, right? So the corporate, the cabal of corporations and the court that they controlled would make legal decisions that would supersede and override the Supreme Court of the United States. I mean, that's what the ultimate goal is. It's what the, the point of the Great Reset is. And, uh, you know, hopefully people are recognizing that and, and understanding that and waking up to that. But when you when you say, like, it's so obvious, right? Like, it's so obvious all this is happening, even just the from the Republican side and even just just um, trying to appeal to the most basic corrupt influences of the Republican Party. Go, look, man, do you not see what's going? I mean, just the past week or so, you've got Joe Biden's administration advocating for big tech to eliminate their political opponents. You've got the DHS memo saying that that, you know, disinformation counter to the official narrative makes you a terrorist. Like they are doing this on all fronts. They're doing it at full blast. And like 
not only do Republicans not seem to care, not they're s- certainly not treating with anything even close to the appropriate outrage that it warrants, because this is the literal destruction of our democracy, of, of our republic, of our way of life and our freedom. Like this is it. And they're doing nothing. They're standing by as this happens. But like even appealing, just go, dude, do you not understand that it's your message they'll be censoring? It's your you know, supporters that they're going to be kicking off the Internet and investigating like for your own but you know selfish greed you should be against this and they can't even they can't even manage that they can't even manage manage to go well if i want to get elected again i better stand up against this like they just won't do it and it is the most infuriating thing you can possibly imagine because they are literally just slapping us across the face with these new changes with these laws these policies i mean it's not subtle anymore they are saying it they are coming out and declaring war against us and Mitch McConnell and the Republicans and Ted Cruz, like they're going along with it. They agree with it. They think it's good. They think somehow by giving in to this power, they will be rewarded by it. They are selling their soul to the devil and bringing us all down with them. It's it's so unbelievable. It, it, it blows my mind. It makes no sense at all. Hey, this is Isaac Morehouse here, the CEO of Crash.co. If you're listening to Liberty Lockdown, congratulations. You're fucking awake. That's good. <laughs> I love it. That also means you're the type of person that cares about autonomy. And freedom. And freedom is not just an abstract philosophical concept. It's not just some political theory. Freedom is how you actually live and engage with the world on a day-to-day basis. When the rubber meets the road, are you freer today than you were yesterday? Now, there's a lot of stuff that's outside of your control. There's a lot of aspects of freedom you can't control. But one that you can control is your career. Your career, if you're on the job hunt, actively, or if you're just looking for how to parlay your skills into more opportunities to be an entrepreneur, to work for a a great startup, whatever it might be, go to crash.co, sign up for free to the daily job hunt newsletter. You get absolutely awesome information and inspiration in your inbox every day and a bunch of free member benefits. You get access to career guides, a custom video pitch builder to showcase your skills and a lot more. Go to crash.co, Check it out, sign up for free, and keep listening to Liberty Lockdown. Yeah, well, it, not only does it blow my mind, but it breaks my heart. I mean, these people live here. They're like, what are you guys doing? Like, do you, I, I just, I guess maybe I was naive to believe that there was a few people in the RNC that actually believed in the Constitution since they were the ones, they were basically the only ones that ever talked about the Constitution. Um, and now it's just being shredded just completely shredded, completely ignored. It, they roll out uh, tyrannical, you know, dictator-like policies faster than the Supreme Court can even hear it. By the time the Supreme Court shoots one thing down, they they allow another thing through, and then the next thing is on the docket that's already unconstitutional, clear as day, but yeah. we have to wait another 12 or 18 months for them to actually shoot that down. And it's like, this system, I, I, f- I feel like the corruption is faster than the system is capable of of actually addressing. And I don't know, once you get to that position, I don't know how you, how you salvage Liberty, like without, right, right. without violent revolution. And I have no interest in violent revolution because I'm anti-war. I'm a peaceful person. I'm a very loving person. Like I, I very much do not want to go down that path, but I also refuse to be a slave. So I don't know how this plays out other than you have trucker convoys that sit there peacefully and they force the government to collapse. I don't know what else you do. Yeah, no, I'm glad you brought that up because it's something I I talk about all the time on my show where it's like there's got to be and I don't I don't know what it I don't know what the mechanism would be to enforce this, but it seems like to me there should be some sort of punishment mechanism when you try to violate our rights and don't succeed. Because yeah. it, it was Joe Biden as soon as you know one of his 
tyrannical, I can't remember what tyrannical bill got shot down by the Supreme Court or something, but he comes out and he's like, well, we'll, we'll get it better next time. And it's like, that's not how this should work. Like you don't, <laughs> if somebody, if somebody, uh, is, there's a charge called attempted murder, right? There should be like attempted tyranny, attempted despotism, right? Like when you try to blatantly violate our rights and you get called out by the Supreme Court, maybe there's just like for 18 months, you don't get to do anything again for you got to take an 18 month time out to think about that's a a very minimal compromise i think that it should be grounds for impeachment immediately from both parties like they shouldn't even have to hold a vote if you pass something that's unconstitutional and then it gets shut down during your reign of terror you should be impeached right away like it's just it, it there has to be a level of of punishment that's severe enough that these guys don't test it that they don't try right, exactly it. exactly so uh, they think about it before like there this is where we need self-censorship not of us of the politicians they yes. need to go uh if i put this forward it's a little iffy and if it gets shot down then that that screws my entire political career up so i better really think about if i want to risk this like there needs to be something because they again they're openly saying they're just like well you know we'll we'll change some of the words around you know we'll we'll disguise our intentions a little bit more and then it'll it'll pass legal muster and it's just like this is unacceptable this is ridiculous and again the frustrating part is just like it's total anarcho tyranny right it is complete anarcho tyranny where you have the government flouting and changing the law at will, completely disregarding the official process, no legitimacy whatsoever, no authority to do this in the official system. And yet they have, they're the ones with guns. So, so what are you going to do? Right. So like things like the border, like so many problems, so many major problems that we have, the solution is just like enforce the law as it's written, as it's been passed through the legislature. (laughs) The, Oh, you got tons of people. Stop them from crossing the border. Oh, there's a giant crime wave? Arrest and punish the criminals. Like, it's so easy. It's so simple. It's almost like we're, like, calling for revolution when all we want is just, like, the laws on the books and the Constitution as written to be enforced. We already have it. So it's, like, yeah. so frustrating. No, it's it's extremely frustrating. I mean, this is this is really where my frustration with conservatives comes in, though, is that, you know, they, they go, well, I mean, we already have the laws. Just enforce the laws. And it's like, folks they're not going to do it. They don't work for you. Like this is, I don't know. I don't know how it could get more clear when they're allowing a million plus illegal immigrants to flood the border, uh, flood across the border, but simultaneously shutting down your church and testing you and forcing your child to wear a mask in elementary school. And you, and then, and then considering forcing medical intervention into infants. And you think that these people represent you that they defend your rights your system no 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 they don't defend you i don't know who they defend other than satan himself but they do not defend you right well and you know i always point out like like if we had total anarchy some of these things actually probably wouldn't be a problem right because if you had total anarchy and there was no rule of law whatsoever someone busts into my house to rob my shit i'm gonna shoot him in the head and i'm gonna bury him in the backyard and i'm gonna go about my day and there'll be no issues because there's no authority to to fuck with me right but now we're in a situation where the criminals can break into in austin if the criminal is not on premises they do not respond to the 911 call so if you can get in and, in and out of a house in Austin in under like five minutes, the police just won't even come. They'll come the next day to take a report of it. But they've made this announcement. They've said, unless the person is still on the on the property, we will not be responding to break ins, thievery and, and uh, burglary. Right. So here we are in this. But if but if I defend myself, 
You want to know who's going to jail? You want to know whose life is ruined? You want to know who's going to be sitting in a concrete box for the rest of his life getting raped by uh, some big criminal? It's me because I defended myself. So it's like it's and of course, the border border is the same way, right? Like I don't have the ability to stop a million people crossing the border. If the people on the border decided they wanted to stop them cross about about 200 good old boys could put an end to the whole border crossing thing pretty damn quick in my opinion but if you were to do that you're an insurrectionist they'd fucking bomb you they'd they'd uh, waco you in an instant so uh this is this is the danger of anarcho tyranny this is they are quite literally just serving satan uh, at the expense of everybody else and uh yeah thank god for the trucker convoy it's just like without this little glimmer of hope man holy shit we'd be up up shit creek without a paddle but uh but man it's amazing that that truly peaceful resistance with a good message and a and a and a clear mindset can actually bring these people down. It's such a beautiful lesson that we're all learning together. It's amazing. Uh, truly. I mean, I I had no idea. I mean, I obviously in hindsight it's like, oh yeah, obviously they can they control the supply lines. They they can do whatever they want. I just I just didn't I don't think I understood first and foremost how unified and red-pilled the trucking community is like I and I and I got to take I mean, I'm not going to take credit for it, but I, I think that the podcasting community should take credit for it because you got to You got to imagine shows like yours, Alex Jones, everybody else uh, across the board, including, you know, Michael Savage back in the day and Rush Limbaugh and all these guys. Oh, sure. like, they they have <clears throat> they have changed the world. And I think this is exactly why you see such a push to deplatform Rogan now uh, because yeah. he is, he, he is kind of the last really still majorly platformed massive voice that still talks openly and honestly and critically about some of this insanity. And I don't even think he's as red pilled as I would like him to be not even close to be honest, but the fact that he tries to tell the truth and he will not just push the narrative that they, that they expect him to. And he gets 11 million uh, earballs every episode. They're like, this can't this can't stand and it's not and I, I made this point a couple of days ago it's not about rogan it's because he represents the he is the johnny carson of our era and he is telling something that is counter to their narrative it's as simple as that and if you if you allow that to persist their entire house of cards comes crumbling down it's it's true what a wild what a wild wild world that we live in and it's so funny that you brought that up because when you were talking about the truckers, I was thinking, oh, I, I'm going to relate this to, to Joe Rogan because yeah. I don't know what it is about truckers, but I do think the the overlap in communities between things that are entirely apolitical, things that are either industries or sports, and then certain ones have a lot of overlap with the liberty movement or with the conspiracy theory community. And one of these things is MMA. MMA and UFC is has such an outsized representation when it comes to conspiracy theorists or truthers or whatever you want to call us right and i think it's because it's reality you can have all the talking points you want you can have all the theory and you know you can convince yourself whatever you want but when you are in a ring and you're a human being and there's another human being there and one of you is going to be knocked out by the end of the match a lot of the theory goes out the window right a lot of the a lot of the false reality is revealed to be extremely weak when confronted with actual reality in the form of a fist or a foot or a knee, right? So right. There, there's this strange overlap that I think Joe Rogan represents because he is an MMA guy, because he's a fighter, that fighters, like if you tell them bullshit, 
they're going to be like, yo, if I believe you, I'm going to break my leg. So this isn't like a theory for me. I need to know what's true. I need to know what's real because this is life or death for me. This is pain or victory for me. So mm -hmm. uh, I, don't, I don't have time to deal with your um, suppositions. I need the truth. I need reality. And so I don't know what the overlap is with with trucks, but, you know, it's just another it's another profession that is in some way more real than a lot of professions that we have now. It's one oh, of the yeah. last, last professions in America where you're working with your hands, where you have to be on site, where, you know, if you've got to travel a certain distance in a certain time with a certain payload to get there, like it's, it's not digital, it's not manipulatable. So maybe there's just, there's something, you know, intrinsically uh, tangible, tangible. Yeah. Thank you. T temporal. Yeah. Something real there. Uh, but, but I, it's a phenomenon that I've seen that I'm, it's funny that you brought up Joe Rogan because that's where I was going to take this to go. There's some, there's certain industries that like, you just can't be faking. You just can't, yep. you know, bullshit just doesn't fly. And it's really yeah. amazing. The, the other, well, and, quickly, sorry, but the other community I see this in is I watch a lot of YouTubers that are former mobsters, like people that were like big mob bosses in the eighties, but <laughs> since, have, it's amazing. They've since gotten out of jail and they all have pod, they all have podcasts now. They all have YouTube channels now. That's awesome. And, uh, and they don't always get into politics, but whenever they do, I tend to agree with them because when you're in the mafia, you're in this mindset of like, everybody's trying to screw me over. Everybody's trying to fuck with me. I can't trust anyone. I got to know what's real. And for some reason, like they, they don't shy away from conspiracies at all. If you tell them like, oh yeah, there's a conspiracy, there's a cabal doing this. They're like, yeah, that sounds right. That's about right. Yeah. <laughs> they're it's, like, they're like, yeah, we used to work with those people. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. The cabal. We know yeah. <laughs> well, well, I, I think I, I think with the truckers, it's it's actually to another level too. They they have one of the most regulated industries, and and they get messed with by the the uh, cops and way stations and immigration as they cross state lines and things like that. So that they are just they are forced to deal with the state, but they're also they have a ton of free time. They listen to things independently. You can't listen to music twenty four seven, so you end up uh, you know stumbling into the po podcast realm eventually. And I think most of them. You know, you you just get a sense of what's true and what's not. And if you already have this kind of instinctual uh, distaste for the state that makes your job harder, you're you're gonna gravitate towards voices that point out the why behind that, and then it's just kind of a snowball from there. But I think that that's what this is. It's really like I described it earlier. It is the silent majority that's that's realizing that they aren't they aren't alone. I mean, the fact that Rogan gets 11 million ears, even though he's not some super red pilled libertarian type oriented guy he's pretty red-pilled and he's pretty liberty-minded and it's like that alone is it just demonstrates what an immense amount of demand there is out there for any voices that are that are telling the truth i mean like as i always say i may be wrong but i'm not telling a lie like i am trying to get to the truth every day all day and and i think that that's that's really the only that's the only qualification to be in this space. Like mm -hmm. if you're telling the truth all the time, you have a chance of succeeding. And it's tough to tell the truth right now because if you if you have to do a 9 to 5 job, you can't tell the truth anymore. Like because of ESG right. and all these other mechanisms, like it it takes a a rare circumstance in life and a character that is very stubborn and just uh, you know, pedal to the metal 24 seven that you're like, I'm going to try and tell the truth no matter what it costs me. And it could cost us a lot. Yeah. And you know, to me, there's just like a, a self-respect about it or a, 
you know, I also, I have a terrible memory. So like, it's just a bad idea for me to try to lie in the first place. Cause I, I will get caught. Like I'm not, I, I will not, I, I will not be good at lying. I sort of have to tell the truth just on my own, <laughs> for my own, like, you know, reputation or whatever. But, uh, the couple quotes you reminded me of one, I, I say it all the time, but it was the first day I was at Infowars and I went to meet uh, Owen Schroer because I knew who he was. He was talking to Alex Jones. And Owen was saying, you know, I think I'm going to cover this story. I'm going to, I think I'm going to cover it this way. I think I'm going to say this. And Alex goes, say whatever you want. Just tell the truth. And he walks away. And that has been stuck in my head for the last five oh, yeah. years. Say whatever you want, but it's got to be the truth. And that's it. And then the other quote is uh, the Winston Churchill quote. I'd rather be right than consistent. If I'm wrong, I want to know so I can correct myself. I don't want to be wrong. I, I, if I... Oh yeah, I'm very consistent, uh, but uh, but I'm wrong. Like that's stupid, right? I want to be correct, so I'll change my mind if I'm presented with uh, just different information. And back to our uh, our buffet analogy with the flaming dumpster fire on one side, Joe Rogan is like that is like the lone little uh, Jello cup off <laughs> off in the corner, right? Again, he's, <laughs> like you said, he maybe he's not as red pilled as as we would like, or he doesn't you know hold all of our positions, but at least it's not a flaming pile of shit. So yeah. it's, it, that differentiates himself wildly from the rest of the liberal media landscape. Uh, absolutely. And, and, you know, even though I didn't, I didn't prefer that he apologized, I understood because I've been a fan of his for a decade. I understood that was in his, that was in his character. Like he was right. still telling the truth. He, I think he did feel bad about it. I think he, he was being true to himself. I still think it was a tactical mistake, but that's a secondary point. I just don't want him to lie, you know, and, and I don't think he lied there. And that's, that's still kind of the key. And I think the, the really important thing is that no matter what he says, in terms of the apology circuit nonsense, does he continue to have on the guests that are really pushing the envelope? And the, the very next week he has on Dave Smith and some guy who's questioning anthropogenic global warming. And I was like, all right, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to hold any sort of criticisms as long as you continue to push just, I, I don't even care if the guys are right. Like I just want to have different opinions. Like I don't need more mainstream approved corporate narrative like we have that is so abundant and and he is the biggest platform that actually allows for people like you and i to get our voices out there so we we need the guy you know a lot of people a lot of people in this space are like they're so competitive they, there's jealousy they're like oh he gets 11 million ears like why i'm not gonna stand up for him he's got all the money he should be standing up for himself it's like no dude this guy this guy represents all of us they they take him down it's the it's like Alex. I mean, it's the same thing I said about Alex years ago yeah, when he yeah. got deplatformed. I was like, first they came for Alex Jones, and I stayed quiet because I wasn't Alex Jones. Like, they're gonna come for all of us. Don't get it twisted. I mean, how how crazy is it that Joe Rogan has been really good friends with Alex Jones since the nineties? Like, it's no what Wild. a crazy world that we live in. Uh, that this guy is now like a literal existential threat to the establishment. He's the dude that used to make people eat bugs on Fear Factor. Like it's so, we live in the craziest world and uh, it's it's almost like you can't imagine it in any other way. Like it has to be this way. There has to be a Joe Rogan. There has to be an Alex Jones. There has to be the, the trucker convoy. Uh, it's it's just it's really incredible. And it just uh, again, it makes you feel like uh, like we're going to win this thing. Like it's not. Hope so, you know, they, they played so. their too early man they really were overconfident they thought they had the people of the world so dumbed down and belittled and, and bastardized that they could steamroll them over with this uh, sort of final play like they're all in that's what I, that's what i 
kept saying last year is I kept going, you understand the globalists are all in on this hand, on the coronavirus hand. They've bet everything. Because if this doesn't succeed, if it's revealed that they are the ones that released the virus, that they are the ones that, you know, I don't know. I don't know what platforms you're on. I, I hate getting- I'm on YouTube. So let's let's be careful here. Okay, all right. All right. <laughs> when all of the truth comes out. Thank you. I there should- you go. God damn. Uh, I really hope. OK, it's hard working in InfoWars, man, because people will get kicked <laughs> off for like showing our information. You get to tell, really, you get to really tell the truth all the time. Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. I really hope that doesn't happen to you. But um, but if the truth comes out. People are going to be so mad. The whole system is going to fail. So they are all in. You have to be all in as well. I would love if I could play video games and hang out with my son and not give a damn about any of this. It's just not the case. It's just not the reality. The reality is we're in this fight. You're, we're going we're gonna to be affected by it one way or the other. You have to be involved. You have to get vocal. You have to understand the true consequence of this and act accordingly. I wish it wasn't so, but unfortunately, you know, the wolf is, the wolf, wolf is at the door and uh, you, you got to deal with it one way or the other or or your your wolf meat. And that's just the way yeah, it is. Or you're going to get eaten. I, I mean, that's exactly how I feel. I started the show less than two years ago and and I, I never wanted to be involved in politics or talking about this stuff. Like I just wanted to run a business and have a family and look after and have fun and play beach volleyball. Like I just wanted to be left alone, man. And I, this is this is what I've discovered is like what's happening right now. It's not just the silent majority. It's the majority of people that didn't want to be fucked with. They like just just leave me alone. And and it's like the, the left is so compelled to to constantly attack any sort of dissident thought to the point that they can't even allow it to exist, that they're now alienating the people who are truly disinterested in conflict. They're like. I wanted to be left alone. I just wanted to drive my truck and listen to Joe Rogan and Alex Jones, and that's all I wanted. And you, you couldn't even allow me to have that, you sons of bitches. And <laughs> and that that's when that's when you activate some really dangerous people because they're like, I have kept my head down, I have kept my mouth shut, I have gone to my work, and I've looked after my family, and you are still coming after me. Well, when I when I finally lose my temper, uh, my temper, you're not gonna like it. And, and that's what I'm discovering with these truckers, man. They are the real fucking deal. Like these people yeah. are not going to leave and it's going to, it's going to come down to a real head here soon. And I pray to God Trudeau just backs off because I don't want to see the alternative. Yeah. I mean, I, I pray that he, God, there's, there, there are a lot of dangerous ways this can go, right? Because he could back off. The truckers could think they won. And then the next week he could reestablish everything and it would, you know, that's one tactic he could take. He could try to crush it. I mean, it, there's lots of ways this could go wrong. But man, just hearing you talk, like I was getting goosebumps because, like, what a, what an invigorating time to be alive. Would you rather not be here to fight back against this? You know, oh no, it's you, it's the most you, interesting time to be alive, right? Like, if you lived in Middle Earth, wouldn't you want to be around at the same time as Aragorn and Frodo and and Gandalf <laughs> fight the ring? Like, wouldn't you want to be a part of that? Wouldn't you want to be a part of the victory over Mordor? Absolutely. Like, I want to destroy the ring, brother. That's what I'm right. here. For. It's like it's like, damn, dude. All I want to do was was sit. You know, I just wanted to have a good time and whatever, get high and play video games and joke around with my friends. But it's like you picked the fight with me. Fuck yeah, hell yeah! I'm the one you picked a fight with. I get to stand up in your face and like spit on the ground and tell you like. I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. I get to actually do that in real life right now. This yeah. is really the battle that I've thrown my hand. <laughs> like, fuck yeah, dude. I get to do, I get to actually like 
stand up for this and not have to be some just like guy on the sidelines watching it happen. I can actually be involved in the fight against ultimate evil. Like, hell yeah, dude. I'm so glad they chose this time to try to pull this shit so we can yep. be here to push back on them. Like, well, and I, and, I hope a lot of people it, on that way. And it, and it happened in a time when we were still young enough to actually do something about it right. and not too young that we couldn't do anything about it. I, I've got to say, I feel fortunate, man. And, and I've, I've said this before. I'm not a religious person. I don't believe in fate, but man, it makes me kind of religious and kind of believe in fate that I was put on this planet in this time with this, this background, with this education, with this cultural belief, with this faith in liberty and freedom and the spirit of revolution. Like all of these things line up in such a way. And then I stumble into going on Tim pool and on your show. I mean, I'm on Infowars. These are, these are things that are just mind blowing to me. And then I, I've been a part of the problem with Dave Smith that Dave Smith's on Joe Rogan talking to 11 million people. And it's just like all of this stuff feels too, too movie like to be real. I just being honest, I know people get pissed when I talk about this, but the fact that I have any hand in this in the biggest moment in the fight for liberty in our lifetime on a global scale and I get to have a voice in it, I feel so blessed. I feel so like just grateful. Blessed. That's the only word for it, right? It's yeah. like. I really I, do. It's like you almost have to have a spiritual aspect to it. I mean, I've I understand so much how you feel. Like I, like you and I are exactly on the same page in that regard. Except I, I truly, deeply believe in God and like see it at work every day in my life with, with right. exactly this. Like I was making music videos, I was making skits, I was not interested. I mean, I was always political. I've been following Alex Jones since I was in middle school, for God's sake. Like I've always been open about this stuff and I've talked about conspiracy theories and all this. I've always been into that, but I never wanted that to be my career. I never wanted that to be my job. And it, it was like, I kind of avoided ever going in this direction. And it was literally like God slapping me in the face and just being like, no, go do that thing. I may, I'm, I built you for, and it's me just like, nah, I think I'll just do it. And he's like, no, no, you're going and you're working for Infowars. Like the fact I work for Infowars, I pinch myself every single day. It is wild. Bet, and, and my path to get there was like, this thing had to happen to me exactly right. And then I knew where the location was because I happened to have a friend that worked at the office next door. I happened to respond to a Craigslist ad that happened to be InfoWars. I happened to happen to happen. It was like, and, and and so it's just like, it's it feels quite literally like I was trying to do something else and God just picked me up by the scruff of my neck and just like set me in InfoWars and was like, Stop! Stop ignoring your destiny. Stop ignoring your fate. Now is your time, and I just have to. I just have to surrender to the will of God and try to do the best I possibly can. But, but my God, blessed is the only way to feel right now because uh, because we really are on the march to victory, and it's 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 powerful, man. It's amazing. It's, it's glorious. It's it's a holy experience. And and as I said, I'm not religious, but all of this, uh, you know, it definitely feels fills my spiritual bucket i'm like, I'm like <laughs> right. this this is i i am overflowing i'm people people get mad when i talk about it i don't care i don't care that people don't like it it makes me feel great to be involved in this movement and if you don't feel great about it then do something different so that you can feel the same way that's what i'm going to tell people people get mad but i'm just i'm just telling you like if you don't feel empowered if you don't feel like the same joy i do waking up every day and getting to talk to brilliant people who are on the front lines also trying to fight for the same thing that I believe in, that I believe all of my audience believes in too, then change your circumstance and go do the same thing. Don't be mad because I feel so good about what I'm doing. Go feel good about what you're doing. I want to root for you. I want you to feel this, this level of, of passion and commitment to your life and, and the way you're leading it. It's, 
it's a beautiful way to live. And, and ironically, I think a lot of this I was taught by Joe Rogan, listening to him when I had my corporate gig, you know, and, and having him talk about <clears throat> how soul sucking a nine to five job was and how you don't have to do that and you can follow your passion. And sure enough, here I am doing it. And God knows, maybe even one day I'll be on his show and that'll be the full the full culmination of him basically crafting my personality to put right. me in this position and then ending up on his show 12 years later. I mean, it'd be crazy if it happens, but you never know. The world's uh, weird. I <laughs> mean, uh, yeah, the, the world is weird and, and certainly getting weirder. And uh, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing, man. And, you know, it, does, it really doesn't matter whether you're religious or not, whether you like what we're dealing with here is a battle about humanity itself. It's a battle about uh, goodness versus evil, however you want to define that natural sure. versus unnatural the universe versus death, you know, entropy, like whatever it is, however you want to define I, it. I say statism versus anarchy, but that's that's sure. my own personal preference. I mean, there are, there, are, there are a million facets to this in the way that it's uh, that it can be framed. But, you know, everybody has a skill. Everybody has uh, knowledge that is unique to them. Everybody has a perspective that's unique to them. However, you can get involved. You need to get involved. And if that means that you're working a, a nine to five job that you might not like, but pays kind of well, and then you can help to use that money to invest in causes that you think are powerful, then that's Absolutely. what you got to do. If if you have no money and no job and all you do is sit, then build a following and spread the word and help get the information out that way. Uh, but most importantly, learn a skill, man. Video editing is super easy. The, the best, the, the, Editing software that we use, DaVinci Resolve, I still use Premiere, but most of our office uses DaVinci Resolve. That's free. It's free software. There is no, like, there's no excuse anymore. Video editing is a fantastic uh, skill to learn. Podcasting, uh, you know, uh, editing in that way. Compiling information in, in infographics and in presentable forms in that way. Like, develop a skill, utilize your skill. If you don't have one, then, uh, you know, help maximize somebody who does. It's got to be just selfless giving uh, of yourself to the mission of human freedom. I like it. If, if that's not a high enough goal for you to strive for, then, you know, maybe you should just play video games all day. I don't know. Exactly. I mean, yeah. And I mean that, and that's fine too. You know, if you, if you aren't compelled to, to get in this fight, I'm not going to be mad at you. Just don't fight against me. Cause I'm serious about what I'm doing here. You know, like that's how I feel about it. Uh, but I, I'm, I'm fighting for everybody, even if they don't want to be in on it, you know, like I, I, I believe that we are going to prevail, and I believe this is the the most important moment in the fight for human liberty in our lifetimes, and probably in the, the all of human history, because it, it is a global plot that is out to basically suppress our liberty. So anyways, I've, t I've held you longer than we had planned. Uh, Harrison, go ahead and tell people where they can follow you. I really appreciate you coming on, man. It's been a this, this has been really fun, man. we got to do this again. i got to have you on our show again. Uh, I, Please, anytime. It's so much fun to talk to you. And uh, if people want to follow me, they can follow me on Twitter. It's Harrison underscore of underscore TX. It's a terrible screen name. I understand that. But when you get kicked off Twitter, you have to do certain things. You have to, you have to go with your third, fourth, fifth choice sometimes. <laughs> so you can't follow me on Twitter, Harrison underscore of underscore TX. Uh, it's basically the only social media that I care about or utilize. And then, of course, I have the American Journal infowars.com band.video every single weekday morning 8 to 11 a.m central standard time it's a call-in show i'd love if your audience uh call in let us know that you're you're a listener and uh 
it's 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 a fun time. We cover the daily news. We have lots of really great guests. Bandai Video, Infowars.com, and of course you support us with Infowarsstore.com. We have no funding from any other source, and people tend not to write. They're like these snake oil salesmen. It's like no, no. You got to understand. There's still the semblance of capitalism in this country. There's still something that's vaguely sacred about the exchange of goods for money. That is the only way that we can actually collect uh, funds using the system that we're in. They're, they're, again, it's like as communist as America is becoming, there's still certain things that it's like if you have a good that you want to sell to somebody else and they want to give you money for it and you're paying taxes on it, there's nothing they can do to stop you from doing that. So this is the way we have to raise money. It's the only way we raise money. And if you want to support us, it's the best way to do so. Infowarsstore.com. Dude, thank you so much for having me on, man. It's really the time flew. This has been super fun. No, it's it's an easy hour. Anytime I talk to somebody like you, so uh, yeah, everybody go check out his show. It is phenomenal. And if you call in, make sure you shout out Liberty Lockdown so the audience knows where you came from. Uh, thank sure. you again, Harrison. It was amazing. Thanks, sir. Big shout out to everybody that's been with me since Jump Street. Appreciate y'all. Welcome to Liberty Lockdown. Please scan your barcode. Your liberty ain't gone, but yeah, it's on hold. Where did it come from and where did it go? It requires a fight, not tweet from your phone. Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne. If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home. The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go. The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe. Like Nico and Shane, you're probably wondering what's happening. Scared Hollywood left these lyrical feppin' A typo with Luke might bring the nooses. We all bite the bullet, I'm the king of the gooses. Freckles and Brit, didn't know I could spit. Knew I was a patriot, but now I'm the shit. Peter Quinones, invite me on Which podcaster sends custom songs Part of the problem, now I stand with the people Dave showed the way, but I am unequal Lions of Liberty, now hear me roar Beat running up, but I got a bit more Robbie the Fire, always running his mouth But I made him a sandwich, now I'm man of the house No malice for Nick, but you're welcome to quit I went over BLM with the fire I spit Friends against government just call us fags Copied the Cairo, put mummies in the bag Liable opinions get thrown on the ground Silky's Mouton was the only sound Getting so hot must be air July Screaming in the mic and rip for 59 Miles to ratio that black guns matter Now all these lefties got crazy small bladders None of us wanted war but we're ready You know I be bopping and rock steady Liberty lockdown, please scan your barcode Your liberty ain't gone but yeah it's on hold Where did it come from and where did it go It requires a fight, not tweeting from your phone Don't need a king, get him off the fucking throne If you're riding with the thought, you've always got a home The virus is scared of, will come and it'll go The government knows, just don't get treated like a hoe